What's up, everybody? Dan here. Just wanted to let you know I'm going to push back the release of episode 217 a couple more weeks in light of all the things that are going on with the protests and the Black Lives Matter movement right now. Just seems like there's more important shit going on right now. And uh, I think myself and the band High Pulp, who is scheduled to be the guest for episode 217 we both want to uh we both want to feel good about sharing the conversation that we had because we had a lot of fun when we did it um but i think that uh there's there's more important things that needed to be promoted and shared at this time so we're gonna we're gonna hold off we're gonna we're gonna let things air out a bit more see how some things shake out but uh that does not mean that i will not be giving you something to listen to these next couple fridays as you can see uh i dig records volume four is in your feed right now on this fine friday this is a podcast i've been doing with my cousin we each pick a record and we listen to it separately and get together and talk about it play some tracks in the background and we've been releasing uh, a couple over the last month and trying to put out two or so of them each month going forward. So that's what I'm going to uh, drop on you this Friday. Something that's, uh, that's a little more easy listening. I know I brought uh, some something heavy to the table last week. I really appreciate everybody that checked out Volume 1 of No Justice, No Peace. You can look forward to volume two of that next week. So uh, definitely go back, check that out if you have not. A lot of people took the time to share their experience of what it is like or what it has been like to be a person of color in America and just really appreciate those folks' vulnerability. So check out volume one of that. I will put a link to a Google Doc in the episode notes if you want to get more information about how you can help the Black Lives Matter movement and other organization of that nature. And yeah, Rob and I just want people to know that we 100%, 110% support the Black Lives Matter movement. And uh, we think you should too. Because it's the, the right thing to do. So, regular programming will resume in a couple weeks. Until then, you got I Dig Records Volume 4 coming at you today and something something new coming at you next week. We recorded what this is happening, episode. What is good? What's going uh, down? Ago, Welcome so back to uh, another really edition, with another volume the, of the I George Dig Floyd Records. Bobby Grooves so and I that in mind back at it uh, to discuss roll right a couple more records. Um, stoked to bring Thanks you Volume Four, which be is well. going to be featuring and Bobby be Womack's good to each other communication record from 1971 and the uh, the 2019 release from uh, from Sandy Alex G. His uh, his record House of Sugar. So uh, stoked to get into that. Uh, just a couple reminders before we uh, before we roll in to this episode and dig in to these records. 
I uh, just want to uh, give a shout out to uh, my cousin Rob, one of his bands, High Pulp, um, just had their KEXP session hit the uh, the YouTube channels. And if you don't know what KEXP is, it's kind of this landmark of the Pacific Northwest, this independent radio station that has been doing these studio sessions for many years that um, feature all genres of music. And uh, recently, Rob's band High Pulp, they, uh, they had the opportunity to, to do one of these sessions, and last week it aired, and it's just uh, incredible to, to see their... Uh, their session live the videos look amazing the the band sounds amazing and uh just really really encourage you to uh to check out those videos check out that session and uh shout out to kexp for for featuring high pulp there's such a incredible band and it's it's so nice to see my my friends and family doing doing big things and just incredibly stoked for that group so uh big ups to high pulp and uh, don't forget to check in to the weekly Danny Cable Presents episodes coming at you every Friday featuring interviews with, uh, with musicians from, from all genres and, and all over the place. A lot of Portland, Oregon artists where I am based out of, uh, as well as artists from all over the country and the world. Uh, most recently just had 10 Kills the Pack, who is a, uh, a singer-songwriter out of Toronto, Canada. That was really killer, and uh, yeah, so go check out some of those episodes that are also coming out in this feed. They come out every Friday, and uh, all the links will be in the episode notes, so you can you can follow along. Uh, Bobby Womack passed in 2014, so R.I.P. to him. But uh, other than that, we'll put the links for Alex G. and High Pulp, of course. I'll put the link for their their YouTube. Uh, session on on kexp as well and uh inside voices records which is rob's record label and vortex music magazine who is a big supporter of the dan cable presents podcast a local publication out of portland oregon who is uh you know putting out fresh content on their on their website platform all the time and uh, i do some some writing for them on occasion and they also have four publications that come out through the year a quarterly uh physical issue is uh, is put out and if you want to get on that mailing list it's super cheap to to get one of these mailed to your house and it's just a a really smooth setup that vortex puts together so so thank you to them and uh i think that's it thanks for tuning in and here we go volume four of i dig records let's do it i just want everybody to know that I dig records. I dig records, bro. I dig records, bro. <laughs> Boom. We're in, we're back. We're, we're back. doing it. I dig records. We are back again for episode four. Um, yeah, this will be volume four. I like to call you. I like to. I, I, I'm trying to avoid calling them episodes this time, and I don't. I don't know why. I don't have a really good reason, but I like the idea of them being volumes for some reason. Yeah, no, no. But, uh, I like it too. Not that it matters, but volume four. We're back in action. We're coming off the Phil Collins fucking banger episode. And, yep. Uh, Phil Collins and Jeff Parker. Jeff Parker, man. 
uh, Sweet for Max Brown. And what was before that? Then we did the Knowledge, Raylan Meek Baxter. Mill, and Raylan Baxter, Mac Miller tribute. And then we did... We kicked it off with that uh, that Cockatoo Twins. Heaven or Las Vegas and... Young Ta- Jesus. Uh, young Jesus. Young Young Jeezy. Young Jeezy. And uh, yeah, we're back in action. And... Uh, what do we have for him this week? Cuzzo. We got we got a couple like again we're we're on this uh track of like having things that are two pretty different records. We got yeah. one. We got this uh this nice laid back Bobby Womack record that uh I'm bringing in and then uh we got this Sandy Alex G House of Sugar which is a fucking mind trip <laughs> with some uh beautiful moments. I'm stoked to get into to both of these things. Absolutely. Um, do you want to maybe, should we ease our way into this one and start maybe with the, the Bobby Womack? Yeah, that's what I'm week? thinking. I got it pulled up right here. Okay, I think cool. that that's the way to go. Yeah, we got this uh, Bobby Womack, man. Communication. Communication. Eight this songs, is, 35 minutes. Nice yeah, this is like, this is like your, ideal, <laughs> your ideal timing for records. Absolutely. I love it. No, I love it. It's like, yes, between 33 and 42. Two minutes. That's that's that's. Um, this is just something that I stumbled upon, uh, maybe four or five years back. Um, How so? Just, just doing like the the Spotify dive or Apple Music dive, kind of mm-hmm. like off this record. You might also like this record, kind of thing. And right. uh, it was I don't know. I was probably listening to like some some marvin what's going on and they were like yeah right. you should probably also check out bobby womack and I'm right like, whoa who's bobby womack and right. communication this is his third studio album 71 and i had never heard anything else before from bobby womack uh right. he's got like his most popular record i guess is the poet and that's like later in the 80s um he's so he's he's made a bunch of records and uh Definitely hit the, the R and B, jazz, and pop Billboard charts with this one, with a few, yeah. few tunes on this uh, on this record. He's from Ohio. He died in 2014. I don't know. Were you familiar with Bobby Womack at all before I suggested this record? No, not a, not at all. Um, and I'm right now. I'm pulling up. Um, I want to look at like where this falls. Like 71. Cause like, yeah, okay, so yeah, this is just right in the middle of Motown world blowing up and everything. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so he's not. Yeah, I mean, I'd never heard of him. Um, oh, also, he was Sam Cooke's guitar player. Oh, really? Yeah, that's cool, huh? No yeah. shit. Um, yeah, no, I'd never heard of him at all and then i did a little bit of research on the record and um first of all i think i liked i like the record i think it's cool uh the more i listened to it the more i liked it because at first at first it was i was like this is a classic good motown record and that's sort of still how i feel about it you know what i mean it's not yeah. like blowing my mind or like revolutionizing anything for me agree but, but it's a it's just a good it front to back is a really good record. Um, it reminds me of Lee Moses, which I think I've showed you some Lee Moses stuff. Okay. 
It's a wonderful record called Time and Place by Lee Moses that I recommend everybody checks out. Um, yeah, but this, uh, yeah, it's just front to back. I mean, you communication, the title track is just like, is four on the floor, just like simple, just like groovy, funky drums with the bass line and, you know, the the extra backup vocals with like sort of the earth wind and fire you know horns going in there and it's 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 like it's the perfect setup for the whole for the whole vibe of the record even though it's like that's sort of the only tune on the record that really sounds like that really 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 quintessential like funky motown you know what i mean yeah a lot of the stuff leans more like soul from there on out you know yeah, this one's got like that bluesy guitar running through it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, this is like the. This is a different feel I, for what the rest of the record is. Just because mm-hmm. this is also like maybe one of the only politically kind of charged tunes on the record. There's right. maybe a couple other ones that make some reference of things, but this is like. This is, you know, a message to the people about communication. Right. And, right. Uh, He's got that uh, don't put your brother down on the way that he dress. I'm getting sick and tired of your mess. Like, right. I don't know. Just some uh, it's interesting to hear something like that said that long ago, like 1971. And this is a very relevant line to today. You know, it's like one of those timeless things. Yeah, just like this call to action tune, like bring the yeah, people man. together, love is where it's at, kind of thing. And it's a, it's a great way to start, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then, and then what I thought is interesting is that he goes into a bunch of, well, I guess two. I mean, there's eight songs on this record, and only three of them he's credited with writing. You know yeah, what I mean? there's two covers on the record. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, which we'll definitely get into. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. There's not tons of writing from him, but he did play a lot on the record, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. Like he's credited with playing keys, guitar, and with the string and horn arrangements, as well as the vocals, obviously. And that's that's the thing. Like that's cool. You know what I mean? Like, like that was an interesting transition for me personally in my mind when I started listening to jazz. Was like 
I was like, what is like, who's, why aren't people writing their own songs? You know what I mean? Cause I came from this background of like playing in bands and playing rock music and stuff. And like what you did is you started a band and you wrote your own songs. And then I got into the jazz world and I was like, wait, this is okay. You know what I mean? I was like, wait, th- it felt like wrong or something. You know what I mean? It felt like bad. Um, and then I, that's because I had a really shallow understanding and relationship with it at the time. And then I came to understand that a cover, when you're doing a cover and you're doing it in your own way and you're arranging it, you're, you're giving the song new life. You know what I mean? And it's like, there's so much uh, of the individual person still in that. You know what I mean? Like there's still so much room for artistry in a cover. And in a way, it's not even a better or worse thing. You know what I mean? It's just like a, it's, it's just a different lane. And so I was really actually pretty stoked that he had all these covers on here. I was like, man, you got a James Taylor song on here. You know what I mean? Dude. And, and like you're saying, um, I don't want to skip, like, I want to go back to Come Lamore because that's one, one of my, my favorites. favorites. Yeah. And that also sounds like, that also sounds like a James Taylor song. You know what I mean? Like this six, eight shuffle thing. So I want to go back to talking about that, but but because you okay. brought up the yeah. James Taylor tune, Fire yeah, and yeah, Rain, yeah. yeah, I love that he addresses it at the top of the song. And yeah, he says, he's hey, like, this is a song everybody's you all heard. Got, you know, you know this, you yeah. know this message. First of all, he says like, you know, everybody's got their own take on this right. story, you know, right. and also, right. you know, this is my take not only right. on this story, but this is my take on this song. Right. And when he leans into it, dude, this is. This version of this tune is like amazing. You know, everybody's got their own way of uh, doing anything. I like you take this particular song, for instance. It's been done by many, but I gotta do it my way. It says simply, just yesterday morning, they let me know you were gone. Suzanne, the plans are made, put an end to you. Yeah, it, it really reminds me of that Lee Moses. Got some like Jimi Hendrix vibes in here too, you know? Just like with those smooth, oh, yeah. smooth chords underneath. Jimi Hendrix ballad type song, you know? Yeah, man, this is just like... I think this is this this record is that cool late afternoon, early evening vibe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, but it also when when you put this song on, it could be that good morning like coffee coffee vibe. Yeah, record, totally. You know? totally, totally. I uh, I also love that he does the cover, jumping to the other cover, track five, monologue nine nine and a half minute tune. Um, but it's this monologue, and then it's close to you, which is one of my favorite songs. That's like, uh, my mic is tripping out here, so apologies to all you loyal listeners um <laughs> fucking are you familiar with this the the carpenters tune close to you you know i d- i didn't recognize that one as a cover so i'm glad that you're bringing it up because i got kind of lost in the first part of this track which i think is like so interesting on its own because it's this whole thing of him just addressing the fucking hoopla of the, of show business. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like producers like, I'm telling them like, "Hey, record label. <laughs> yeah, yeah." And and like I thought that was 
That's got to be like a pretty edgy thing, I would think, for that time. Of 71, just being in there kind of ripping on these these record execs and telling, you know, like around 3.30 on the track, he starts really digging in on these dudes when they're saying that they don't hear, hear like a commercial yeah, value don't, don't and what he's doing and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah, dude. And then he's just he gets he gets so into like that's when he brings like some of the strongest vocals, I think. When yeah. he gets into that shit. After and kind of just shows what a smoke show he is on singing. Yeah. He literally says record labels. You know what I mean? Like I'm looking at you. Right. You know? Um yeah, so he just he just rips into him, fucking badass, and then he goes into this carpenter's tune. So this tune is amazing, and I, I would say um, maybe for the listeners, you should cut under, like, the original the original just for a minute, and then go to the Stevie Wonder version of Close to You. There's a Stevie version that's probably the most famous. And then Frank Ocean did Close to You on Blonde. Uh, it's like a minute and a half version of Close to You. And... I'll try to give him a nice medley that, here since this song yeah. is, is is a medley itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will, uh, we will make the, the close to you medley. But that Frank Ocean tune version of it is like one of my favorite songs ever. And it's a minute and a half. Um, and there's also a Jacob Collier version. Like it's it's a very, I, I've played this tune. It's iconic. I've, yeah, I've played this tune at like gigs. You know what I mean? Like, you know, where you're you're playing some fucking thing, you know? Um, the Frank Ocean version, though, is it's so sick. It slaps, dude. It's it's beautiful. Um, I mean, the lyrics of this tune, I I absolutely love the uh, the Frank Ocean version of the tune. So please, maybe even you know. Just, uh, just play that, play that one, cause that's so fucking, it so it's happening fucking right now. beautiful. It's happening right now. Um, I'm putting it on in my headphones just so I can listen to it. pick that up because like i said I, I i got so caught up in the beginning and, and then it kind of it's it just becomes right this cover right right in the middle of him trashing everyone right <laughs> right in in the biz right which is yeah i mean and that's the thing like that's that's something worth noting that like the i don't think that the music is necessarily like crazy like groundbreaking you know what i mean like i was saying but like it's the whole package that makes this record really enjoyable and i think part of that is that he's like a presence you know what i mean like he's he's like he's he's actually saying shit he's not just like it's not just a a, a like this is a good feel good record that's just vibey you know what i mean 
No, no. There's it's like he's saying shit. It, yeah. It reminds me of Charles. Yeah. Charles it, Bradley. Absolutely. Absolutely. Chucky B. R.I.P. And, man. And uh, yeah, man. The arrangements on this record, I think, are really like the string arrangements are very, very cool. It gives me like those Wrecking Crew vibes on a lot of this stuff. And uh, which yeah, uh, I we, agree. I completely agree. Oh. And something that I don't know if you read this but um i was really interested to fucking find out that this is muscle shoals rhythm section have you have you oh, seen really? this doc that documentary oh, amazing amazing yeah. can't can't recommend it yeah. enough. that's that one and the wrecking crew documentaries if you have not seen either of those uh definitely check those out i mean yeah the so quick synopsis of of muscle shoals um in the 60s, Muscle Shoals, Alabama, um, you have a group of mostly white musicians um, making these fucking killer tracks that are sounding like black Motown musicians. And you start getting a lot of like, and these are just like the instrumentalists, and you start, and, and it's a rhythm section, just a core band. And people start flying in from all over the fucking world, um, like Aretha and, you know, other like notable black singers, Wilson Pickett and Percy Sledge. And you get like this, this influx of this like amazing music that is coming out of this random little town in Alabama playing Motown, funk, soul, black music with a white band and it's just like the documentary is so amazing and so the first band winds up going to nashville to there's some personal shit whatever things blow up the individuals go to nashville and muscle shoals group gets remade because there's the dude that's behind all this muscle shoals shit is this dude named rick hall and it's all out of his studio called fame studios and um so he gets together a new rhythm section for dudes that, you know, he's new in town from Muscle Shoals. And uh, they just put together this absolutely killing second Muscle Shoals group, which was in the 60s, mid-60s. And that's the group that actually recorded with Aretha and uh, wound up recording with the Stones. You know, the Stones flew. The Everybody Stones flew did. out to rural ass Alabama because they wanted to play with these four people and they wanted to record at this studio and so there's so many there's so much cool footage from the the stones totally there of them um, yeah, making a record Paul there. Simon Bob Dylan and and the thing that's also interesting about Muscle Shoals is that bands in those days like a, a, a house band was not really common for labels. Um, things have all changed now, but you know, in back in the, that day, it was like if a label was going to put out a record for you, um, you know, you might have a band. If you didn't have a band, the label might help you find a band. But every different artist would get their own band. You know what I mean? It wasn't house right. bands, with the exceptions being Motown Records and Stax Records. Um, they had 
like, oh, this is the Motown house band, boom, which was absolutely killing. And so Muscle Shoals was doing the same thing, but they weren't even a label. They were just this sort of floating around, you know, studio band that was literally drawing people from all across the world, like the Rolling Stones. Um, so Bobby Womack, this band is the Muscle Shoals band, which is fucking crazy. And so, you know, that also like was really really interesting to figure out and then I, I listened and I was like oh yeah that that makes sense you know what I mean this this yeah. sounds like that um so I, I love the rawness of the actual tracks mm-hmm. too you know because he's got like these are mostly some pretty like smooth songs I mean he really digs into like some of the vocals for sure and gets gets raw with it but I think I think it's a cool <coughs> absolutely feel for what's happening Another another uh, Easter egg I found sh- out was that and I, let's talk about how do you say it come come I think it's come lamore. Right. The, s- the second yeah, tune. I don't know. Come lamore. <laughs> second tune. I I think we should play this track. Absolutely. Let's play it right now. Let's, let's play do it right it now and then we'll we'll chat about right. it. <laughs> Those backup vocals, as soon as I heard them, just gave me 
those Motown Supremes vibes and just a cool, like it's it's so cool for the song. I think this is kind of one of the only songs that kind of has that sort of backup vocal on here. Maybe it happens one other time. Absolutely. And you know what I fucking found out is that Pam Greer is singing the backup vocals. Yeah. I also That's I checked crazy, into that. Dude. Dude. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh Pam Greer of of many movies fame uh most notably in my life the Jackie Brown Tarantino but tons of other black exploitation films in dude. the 70s. Ah, uh, Jackie Brown is yeah. so good. So um, good. That's uh that's definitely up there for one of my favorite Tarantino movies and for sure. Pam Greer married to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for 2 years. Wild. And married okay. to Richard Pryor yeah. for a year. Damn. Maybe, maybe not married. Superstar. Marry? Let's see. But was dating Richard Pryor for a year. Definitely had yeah, a thing, Yeah, though, it's fucking huh? crazy. Um, it, no no marriage. No marriage with Pam Greer and Richard Pryor. But they were, they were together. Just so we get the record straight here, you know? Um... It feels it's just rolling, you know what I mean? It's a it's a it's a ball rolling down a hill. You got that shuffle feel, and it's just the nice horn stabs. It's just it's it's just a quintessential, just like yes, did it well, you know. And yeah, and like like you said, you know, this isn't. I didn't pick this record. I did not pick this record to blow your mind musically. I picked this record because I think this is just a really enjoyable record to listen to. And it's, uh, you know, it's... It made me want it to be sunny, man. It's fucking Seattle bullshit weather out here. It's got that uplifting spirit to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the whole thing front to back. And that's the thing, too. It's, like I said, 35 minutes. It's It's not a laborious listen. You know what I mean? Um, but when you do choose to dive in with nice headphones and really, really cue in on this shit, like you got these just amazing studio musicians laying down these great feels and this dude has a crazy voice, like a, dude, everything is really amazing voice. Everything is beautiful. Let's, let's take it there. Which is, which is the another cover on the record, the third cover, because I didn't know, you know, like you said, that the other one was a cover close to you. I didn't know about that one, but Ray Stevens is the, uh, the originator of Everything is Beautiful, and he was like this 60s pop, pop and country star. Huh. So that, that's his jam. Um, but again, just these versions that... Uh, that Bobby is throwing down are are so good. Um, 
His voice is just so soulful. Yeah, and it's got that six eight feel. It again, James Taylor vibes, man. Like, and it's. I think that's a really great track to kind of pull you out of the weight of what of that, what that uh, just was. Yeah, that medley monologue is. Yeah, you just did a nine and a half minute track, and now you get to just just cruise. You know. Yeah, you get to cruise. You get to you get to breathe, and. Uh, and that leads into the that's the, that's way, the way I, I feel, feel about, about you, you, which is that's the single on the record. Is it the only single? Really? Yeah. And I think what it did they it, it got up to number two on the R and B charts. This was like his his first yeah. his breakout tune. Yeah. And that's another one. Um. That is uh, just one of these smooth love jams, dude. Just preaching trust and shit. Yep. Absolutely. And then yield yield not to temptation, a gospel tune to end it. Um cool bookend. Super I felt like. super cool. Yeah. Because I felt like this was this was like one of the other tunes, just like how communication starts the record. Mm-hmm. Uh yield to, to temptate or yield not to temptation is uh yield to temptation. Another one of the tunes. <laughs> it's yield not to temptation. Nah bro, yield right to it. Go give in to temptation. No, don't do it. Do it. Don't don't do, do it. it. Don't do it. Yield not to temptation. Oh, yeah. Lean into Jesus, just like Bobby's talking about. Yes. Right? Yield not to temptation. Uh, uh, no. Uh, but this is like another one of the tunes. I feel like where he's. It's not. It's not just like a love jam. It's. Yeah, he's saying it's shit. This message. He's. It's this message to the people. I mean, I don't really feel like there's, honestly, even like there's there's definitely love songs, right? Like that's the way I feel about you. Uh, everything is beautiful. The back half of that monologue where it's close to you, but like, it's yeah. this this record is just as much like it's not like so much political as much as it's just like, but it, it is still like, like there's a message. You know what I mean? It's not just it's not just pretty words and pretty notes. You know what I mean? Which which I appreciate the hell out of because he really strikes that balance pretty pretty gracefully. It's not it's. You 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 wouldn't even necessarily notice. You know, if you look at these lyrics, there's like a lot of, a lot of wisdom in there. You know what I mean? It's not just like I love you, baby. I love you, baby. It's like some real some real fucking shit. And uh, you can choose to tap into that and 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 learn from that, or you can also just enjoy the record for the vibe. You know what I mean? And that's cool that a record can have like both of those. You know what I mean? Because some records, and some yeah, of my favorite I, records, you can't escape the message. You know what I mean? Like, you can't, like, if you're going to listen to that record, you're going to be experiencing the message. And that's a beautiful thing, too. You know what I mean? Agreed. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. Damn. I think. Uh, so kind of you. It's just a fun listen, man. It's, it's laid back. It doesn't make you, like, it can make you think. If you want to really dive into the message, but it, it's also just a very smooth hang out, hanging out, listening to tunes. Yeah, and for anybody that's a that's like a musician that that plays an instrument, um, I challenge you to try to play along to this record because like we're 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 sort of understating how fucking deep the groove is on this record. You know what I mean? Oh like, yeah. This is by no means like. Just because we're saying that this isn't a revolutionary record from a like, like it didn't shake the world up musically or like blazing any new paths, 
that's not to say that it's not fucking amazing musicianship. And it's like so much feel, so much feel. And like, I guarantee you, if, if I try to, when I try to play along to this record and same with most, most everybody else, you're going to be like, it's not feels the same. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm close, but I'm not there. I got, Oh, I'm 85% of the way there. And it's like to just listen to the, the mastery of, of this muscle shoals group is just, you know, it's, that's, it's the same thing. It's like the same thing that we were just talking about with the message of, of this record is that you can tap into it or not. And it's like, same thing with the band. You can just like let it ride and not even notice it. But if you tap into it, you're like, what the man, everything is so tasteful, you know, like so tasteful and so deep. So yeah, man, it's a good call. Yeah. And some just like, yeah, some really cool guitar playing on this record. Yeah. You mentioned like a Hendrix vibe earlier. Mm -hmm. And I think there's definitely kind of that bluesy Hendrix, that dirty feel. Um, I was thinking about playing uh, this portion of this episode out with uh, Give It Back, If You Don't Want My Love, because that particularly has some like really cool guitar playing and uh, just some really cool uh, band moments, I think, on this particular track. One, one other thing before we switch is that this came out on Universal Art Artist Records, and I did a little research on them, and it started in the 50s, this label uh la and new york based and uh it was a label that started with movie soundtracks so like they did they did all like the james bond shit they did a hard day's night by the beatles um and then like you know in the 60s i think it was in the early 60s they started adding musicians to their roster and not just doing explicitly uh, soundtracks but they still continued to do soundtracks so like the same year that this Bobby Womack record came out they released the the Fiddler on the Roof soundtrack <laughs> you know what I mean oh, wow. so it's like that's yeah. super interesting because like a lot of his contemporaries like on Motown records like you know Motown has a sound you know and uh, this this record label was like sort of wild in the sense that it it was like really eclectic and did a lot of jazz as well and did some pop and stuff and um you know i love that man yeah when a label has no bounds yeah. like that i mean i i understand why it makes sense i also love also have a, yeah. a label that is is more in one genre um but that also makes sense because uh that's the way i feel about you got popular because of a movie. oh really yeah, it became a song on a soundtrack. Word. So yeah, well, hey, it's that good. Uh, that makes sense when you talk about how that label was kind of built around that because I would imagine that was like a big good advantage people for to them know. Too, yeah, they got the inside they already. Had right? The yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, man. I mean, it it is so interesting. You know what labels choose to do as far as like, and we'll talk about Domino after this because Alex G's on Domino, but um. You know, I'm always so fascinated with record labels and, you know, for instance, Motown counterpart just puts out fucking amazing records, but they're all, you know, for the most part, have a feel. You know what I mean? Motown's not putting out the fiddler on the roof, you know what I mean? And, you know, Paul Simon or whatever and Bobby Womack. Um, And yeah, it's just, you know, none's better, you know, but it's just different. It's just different vibes, you know. Um. So yeah, man. Thanks for introducing me to this record. I dig it. 
Hell yeah. Um, yeah, glad I could uh, slide this your way. And cool that we dove into it because, like I said, I don't think um, it's not something I've seen on too many buddies' radars. Right. And I know that I know that it's not like when people think about Bobby Womack, maybe they think about um, that one particular tune, but I don't think they like really think about this record. It doesn't have too much acclaim to it, really. It's it's just uh, his third of like twenty yeah, records. Yeah, man, you know? totally. Also, shout out to the I love the glasses that he's wearing in the album artwork. The album artwork's great, like the faded sort of film looking, like you know, just picture of him simple font across the top yeah and just the amazing glasses with the reflection the look the look you can see you know in his mouth just like it's um i love the album artwork for this hell yeah well we're gonna play this portion out with give it back if you don't want my love bobby womack communication record 1971 dig in Right, dude on from bobby womack to alex g also known as sandy alex g you know i remember around uh i guess it was probably five years ago or so you uh you told me about this dsu record from alex g 
I think okay. was probably the first thing that you showed me. And um, yeah, I thought it was cool. I thought it was just like kind of this this unique uh, singer songwriter, you know, bedroom these, stuff. Uh, bedroom stuff, you know, definitely some like hooky pop sensibilities to them, but always kind of had their own vibe to them as well. Totally. Um, so I remember that, but uh, talk to me about how you got turned on to Alex G. I love the, st- the story about how I got turned on to Alex G. I love, I love telling this story. <laughs> I was in a, I was going up to a, a house show that my band was playing in Bellingham. Come on, microphone. In Bellingham, Washington, um, at my forever brother and great friend Nick's house. You're very well acquainted with Nick as well. Shout out, Nick. Yep. And Nick's house was uh, called the Mini, and then it was called Kame House. This is probably like back in like 20. Uh, like 13 maybe 2014 um and for people that don't know like what bellingham is or where it's at we're yeah talking about like the edge of washington right next to canada uh, it's where western washington western university yeah. is is out there yeah. little college town pretty much on the border of canada. the united states and canada yeah. and it's a great place i mean it's got a great music scene um you know really always there's always shows to, to play up there there's always good vibes like there's always people looking for music i mean it's you know it's a it's a good college town in that way um you know death cab is from there like there's there's a bunch of other bands like that have come from there like i think odessa's from there um that you know come from bellingham maybe eventually move to seattle but um bellingham has its own place you know in the you know, music world, Pacific Northwest stratosphere. Yeah, no doubt. Like that's, you know, so I was up there with Nick and we were about to, you know, play a show. And I, I think that it was, I mean, like we'd already loaded in and we were in the basement and Nick was like, dude, I got to show you this. And I was like, okay, whatever. Like, yeah, sure. And he takes me up to his room and he opens up a cassette and puts this tape in and he shows me the album and it's trick by alex g which has this image of a dog running down the aisle of a church which i've read actually was taken at like his grandma's funeral or something like i think that that's like a a image that like I'll, i'll i'll need to read i need to read read up on it but um iconic I just want to say, if Alex G would like to uh, contest any of this, come right along. That Rob is saying, <laughs> you're you're very much welcome. We'd love to we love yeah, to have man. you on just, a, uh, a guest spot of uh, of this this podcast. And you, I fuck it, you could bring a record in. Yeah, to, that'd be tight. You come shoot do, the but, shit. Um, you're you know you're you're welcome. You're welcome. Come, to come shoot the shit out. with us and talk about records if you want. But anyway, uh, sorry sorry to interject. With, no, uh, no no problem. Madness. So so. Nick puts on this record on a tape and Nick had a very cool tape player in his room. And the first track is memory and you should, uh, yeah, we play it under undercut it here. And, um, this guitar comes in like however many seconds in just like so unapologetically 
but it's still so like mundane and it's just this like feeling of this I don't know I was just immediately just like whoa At a house show in Bellingham, Nick plays this for me on his tape machine, and I'm just like, I'm just like, what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? I was like, how did you? And I listened to the whole record, and I was like, this is amazing. You know what I mean? I love it. I love everything about it. Um, still one of my, you know, an amazing record that I, I love and listen to. Um, and sorry, this is a long ass story, but I got so much, I got so much love for for the music that this dude makes. Um, and my mic keeps fucking up too, which is very tight. Um, so I asked Nick, I'm like, where did you hear this? And he's like, well, my buddy Rob is putting it out. And I was like, wait, what? And so his buddy Rob, Rob Paulson, who's a friend of mine now as well, I don't think I knew Rob at the time, um, also an amazing musician. Look up Rob Paulson's music. He just goes by Rob Paulson. Also used to have a band called Creech, C-R-E-E-C-H, which is one of my favorite, one of my favorite Pacific Northwest bands for the last 10 years. Um, and Rob had this record label called Hayes Tapes. And I don't even know how Rob and Alex got in touch, but he, uh, Alex, and him got in touch and Rob was like, yo, can I put, I want to put this out on tape. And he put out, he put it out on tape. I still have the fucking Hayes tapes, uh, cassette of, of trick man from like, from like however many years ago. Cause I was immediately like, yo, I need this, you know? Um, yeah. So that's, you know, that was my introduction to Alex G and I just like became and stayed a super fan. Um, you know, of his, and what was so, so cool was, because I mean, like, at that point, right, Alex G is just a dude that my friend's friend is putting out on a label, that's it, you know what I mean, nothing, and, you know, I mean, he came and played a show in that basement, like, a year later, you know what I mean, like, just doing things DIY, and um, that's how we were all doing them, too, you know what I mean, and, and, still are for the most part and you know he uh he just kept on doing shit that was like like when he put out dsu i was like cool i hear the old alex g but i also like hear him like exploring new places which is something i really value in, in that like i don't i don't need trick 18 times you know i want to hear what this musician and this artist is gonna go explore um and you know you then fast forward to like what he's doing now and he's been signed to domino records which is a cool ass record label like blood orange is one of my other favorites it'd be cool to do a blood orange record for this but a really eclectic label um yeah they're from london uh that that record label domino and um yeah so it's just like it just sort of feels like you're like 
watching like I don't know I would imagine it's sort of what it's like to like see like a friend of like a peer of yours like make it to the league you know what I mean or like get get to like a like right. get in a movie or some shit that you're all aspiring like you know what I mean like it's like oh shit like you know I don't know Alex G but like he at one point was a peer of mine in the sense that he was like oh this is my right. friends my friends putting this out my friends also putting out a lot of other shit I don't know <laughs> you know what I mean and uh, and then next you know years and years go by and and he keeps on just elevating and keeps on changing and that's the thing that I just value so much is that like I mean now I mean he he played on blonde he played on he plays with Frank Ocean he toured with Frank Ocean um, and and just like I don't know man it's like it's it's so cool and inspiring and like I just feel like thankful to be a part of the out the the just to even like you know what I mean to even feel like you have some connection to it yeah just and I think that that makes me root for him even more you know what I mean I'm like yes 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 you know like that's awesome and um but but he doesn't make it easy which is cool he's not he's he he he's trying to push his shit like he's like he's a real artist that is just like not concerned with like satisfying you know like for the sake of satisfying because that's not satisfying i imagine that domino very much signed him knowing that he's going to make the records he wants to make and you know he's kind of gonna throw it all at the wall sometimes and he explores a lot with this house of sugar record um and Mm -hmm. it's it's a trip but yeah i think i think tell me what you thought that's my long ass intro i i just uh i think it's cool when you do see you know up here of yours and make it to the next stage i think it makes it feel like it's tangible in some way also which that's is absolutely it's, it's inspiring in that way but also fun to feel like you saw it at such a ground level and yeah. i mean i just missed that i'm just bummed i wasn't at that house <laughs> show he played at his house yeah. you know what i mean but i went and saw him at the vera project and it was like rob paulson was playing keys with him and Lizzie uh, from Special Explosion was playing bass or something. And I think Seabass was playing. It was like, you know, it was just like all my friends were just like playing as his as his band because he didn't come out with a band. He just came out with himself. And there there were like some people there, like not really. I mean, it just felt like felt like any DIY show that we would play at the Vera Project. You know what I mean? And um, he was like, I forget. He was like this is sort of weird. I don't really know like what to do or say. Like I like, this is like the first time I've ever played on a stage <laughs> like this. You know what I mean? Cause Vera project has like a pretty decent sized stage, but it's like an all ages venue. You know what I mean? It's like, not like, it's not like a, a like big ass, like, cr- like international touring acts. Like they have some stuff, but like this wasn't right, that, you right. know what I mean? This was like, this was like a show that, me and my friends were playing and going to you know what I mean and he was just like yeah I don't know you know I've never you know done like a like played on a stage before that's what he said and I don't know if that was even true or not but like 
like it was it was so cool to see because I was like, dude, yeah, you don't need to like. I was like, this dude already has a profound like impact and influence on my music, and he's telling me that he's never even played on a stage. All bets are off. You know what I mean? Like, it how you get wherever you go doesn't really doesn't really matter. There's no there's no handbook for it. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, I was. Uh, he was supposed to play Pickathon this year, and it just officially got canceled. So I'm hoping that he. I'm assuming they're they're going to hopefully maintain the lineup they had and postpone anything they had booked till next year. So I'm hoping hoping he makes it out to to 2021. But definitely one of the artists I was like most stoked to see because I haven't seen him play live. And uh, you you're always I don't know speaking very highly, you know. And I've I've kind of yeah I haven't yeah. spent a whole lot of time with the tunes in general with the exception of house of sugar which is the the record that we're going to talk about um here today of alex g's and uh yeah he hasn't done me wrong yet with any of his releases Um, so i I recommend checking in on it i do remember you saying though that maybe you had did you have hard a hard time initially getting into this record yes yes i was bummed talk to me about that like like your feelings on that and like where you kind of come around to it. It just took time to grow on me. I think, um, I think that so many people were telling me how good it was. And so I had even higher expectations because one of my, you know, favorite artists. And at this point it's not like, Oh, you put out two records that I dig. It's like, I've been a fan of your last five releases. You know what I mean? Um, and it just didn't like grab me right away, which, you know, I come in with all my own expectations or whatever and wherever my, wherever my ears are at. Cause for the most part, I don't, I haven't really been like listening to, to a lot of like really guitar based music, I guess I could say, you know what I mean? I've been listening to a lot more jazz and experimental and electronic and you know just uh, you know i'm not really i haven't been in that lane and um yeah it just took me a little bit of time you know what i mean like it took me like three or four listens um and i think that this is also an album that really benefits from the, the experience of an album you know what i mean yeah the single sort of confused me they didn't confuse me i don't know what the word is i just was like and it was like I should have known better you know what I mean um I should have just been like yeah we're like you know it'll make sense it's the same thing that happened to me with Damn by Kendrick you know what I mean I was like oh I like some songs but I was just like ah little let down because I had such I had such high expectations and fast forward a month and I'm like oh fuck I was wrong (laughs) you know what I mean and I don't think I held on to my ideas enough that I was like even felt wrong. You know what I mean? I just felt like I was like undecided. I was just like, oh yeah, huh? And I just necessarily, I don't think I, I didn't see or feel more importantly like all the things that everybody else was sort of telling me that I should be seeing or feeling. You know what For I mean? For sure, man. But then I just kept listening. I listened. I didn't. I didn't quote unquote keep listening. I think I listened to it like once. I probably listened to it twice when it came out and I just sort of like was in other stuff my ears were in another place and 
I came back to it, you know, a month later and listened to it again. And I was just blown away, you know? I was like, oh, fuck. This might be his best record, you know? Best record, for whatever that means. It's it's one of those things where with, like, a few songs I was, I was just in right away. Especially that first I don't know like two three and four and I was just like oh these are like really cool songs those are the and three singles there was some other stuff where it's been like those fifth and sixth listens where that they're really connecting and walk away is like one of those tunes where at first I was like whoa this is like a pretty wild um, yep. like introduction here and the more I listen to it totally. I'm just so into it I mean like the guitar soloing in this, this yeah. right at the gate, fucking it's song, fuck dude. You. Like around the <laughs> two thirty mark, like this thing starts to like really open up yep. and do some cool stuff. And I just like the way that he experiments with vocals as an instrument for sure. Like he yeah. does a lot of that on this record. And um, I don't know. I think this this is kind of like the track that kind of you know invites you into the world but like le- kind of lets you know that absolutely it's gonna be pretty unpredictable because it's gonna like let you get comfortable and maybe some like songwriting but then there's going to be some like real wild turns on this record all bets are off from I, song one you know all bets are off and also i don't know i appreciate this collection of tunes because i think that there's these moments that feel grounded with some tunes mm-hmm. um, and they're the ones that are like a little more straight ahead I guess like Southern Sky mm-hmm. and uh, Cow I think is a great example Love. of that and, and, and we'll that, probably talk about that song later but that's um, sort of old old Alex G vibes too you know what I mean and I don't say yeah, that to put him in a I box just like, but yeah no I like that I like that he shows that on his record still and I think it, yeah I love exactly. that those moments exist yeah on them but i love like his more experimental things that he's he's going after too but i think that there's like grounded moments and then there's these moments kind of like you know bad man and and uh and songs like sugar where i feel like i'm in some sort of psychedelic dream sequence and and i and i think it's just like very uh, spot on with like a human experience mm. where you know like sometimes you feel like grounded in these things yeah. and sometimes I feel like I'm in this dream sequence and sometimes like it feels unsettling totally. and uh, you know sometimes I'm just kind of kind of spacing out but I think they're yeah this is a really cool record man there's there's definitely some moments that will uh will challenge you but also like even on the the more straight ahead tunes like mm-hmm. hope uh which is the second track for single um we taught you made mention of like when we listened to the knowledge record on the meek mill yeah. tapes that you felt like this is the only place that i can get yeah, this. yeah 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 and i actually feel like that about this track in particular because it's got this folky alt country singer songwriter vibe but then there's there's this synth that rides with it that i feel like makes it his and that's like one of those things it's that that's one of those moments for me Mm -hmm. i can only get this totally yeah there's maybe some things that feel similar but absolutely yeah i mean people people always like to like compare him to elliot smith which 
comparisons are just sort of, you know, I don't know. They're always coming up short inherently. And uh, yeah, I, I think that he's like, I understand why people hear that, but like, he's doing his own thing, you know? And even yeah. like Southern Sky, just like beautiful tune. Oh, yeah, I love, I love when the vocals come in. Just like, but there's still, yeah, I got it in my ears right now. It's truly gorgeous, man. When 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 the vocals come in, it's yeah. This is like one of those pretty moments on the record, yeah. and the like the backup kind of call and response of the vocals yeah. at times are really yeah. cool. Yeah, I, I think that he just he I, I what I what I feel like when I'm listening to him that I'm so impressed with is the amount of like control that he has you know what I mean of the experience and you know I, I don't I, I'd be surprised if he thought he had any control I don't, you know like he seems like a really humble dude that's just like making music that he wants to make from a place he wants to make it but to me as a listener he he's like the amount of control that he's just taking you on this experience you know what I mean and like it's sort of like we were talking about with that Max Brown suite last last week was like you sequencing and the way that you create an experience for the listener is a work of art in and of itself. You know what I mean? And I love Taking. It's one of my favorite songs. And I love where it falls. Like he gives you Walk Away as we talked about and then there's three more in tunes but still like only he could do and then he gets even more obscure you know what I mean and then he goes to near with the electronic drums you know what I mean and it's like how do yeah. we get here but it's like I'm not even asking that question you know what I mean <laughs> well he had yeah I was I was reading a little bit just some interview he was doing and, and he has this you know this this quote from this article that says I never say to myself this isn't where I thought the music was going to go because usually I don't have that thought in mind to begin with and I never really end up getting surprised because the music is unfolding be, before me as I make it yep and that's I mean that's it like that's uh, you're you're not gonna be able to make you can't you can't strangle a song you know what i mean you can't f force it in a place you know if you like if you think about music like it's a living thing then you'll be able to just sort of like have a conversation with it you know what i mean and uh, i think that that's that's really cool that he says that and that's something that i think you know i mean that applies beyond music you know and uh, yeah, I mean, dude seems seems pretty wise, you know, beyond beyond his years. And uh, the fact that yeah, he just seems to be staying grounded, and that's what's keeping his music um, always a step ahead. You know what I mean? Yeah, pretty impressed. Yeah, pretty impressed with the just the dynamic though on this record, dude. Like, there's I didn't expect to be listening to this record and getting vibes of Tycho or like washed out yeah. or something like that you know I th that was totally totally unexpected um, yeah 
What'd you think of that Project 2 song? The instrumental one. Oh yeah, this is this is the this is the one where I felt like I was listening to some Taiko song. It's 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 great it's and like, it's just fuck it. We're doing this. We're putting this on the yeah, record. Totally. Totally. You know? Why not? This is this is why you this is why you came here. <laughs> yeah, totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Should we uh, get into one of these tracks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which one do you want to do? Uh, you're interested in, in hearing Gretel. Yeah. Let's do it. This is Gretel from uh, Sandy, Alex G, off that uh, House of Sugar. That song has some really heavy music parts that are kind of 
like pretty out there. But then it also has like these pocket feels that are super sick. And I probably wouldn't have picked up on this influence um, had I not seen a video. But I hear uh, a lot of like third eye blind in this around like the minute mark, especially what he gets mm. into with some of the the, uh, the flow in his voice when it, gets, it starts getting mm. deep into the pocket. But I mm. only bring that up because I saw there's this video from Halloween. I don't know if it's this last Halloween or the previous, but Alex G did this basement set where they mm. played the pretty much a bunch of songs uh, of the Third, Third Eye Blind self-titled record. And it's Word. fine. It's 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 a fun watch. <laughs> he for like mm-hmm. um, he would probably tell you that he didn't know all the words because he even said like he, he's like saying that yeah. during um, and he mm-hmm. you know doesn't know everything. But I just thought it was so cool that they were playing this all Third Eye Blind set. Like they're gonna play this full record of Third Eye Blind. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know that that was an influence. I, you know, I that, also that, not that's super a guess. deep on Third Eye Blind. <clears throat> that's a guess. Huh? Because of yeah. him doing that, um, but also we should do that record. I, wa- I would I, love I've to do that record. To that we have to. We have never to listen do to it front to back. Dude, we have to do it. It's a completely different era of making I've, records. I feel I've like. heard, and it's, I've heard everybody loves it. Yeah, yeah. I I'm hugely a huge fan yeah. of that record, but it also came out for me in junior high, like seventh grade. This is like a perfect right. time um, for me. So it's nostalgic in that way, but it's one that holds up heavy for me but i felt like that was one of those tracks where i kind of maybe did hear some third eye blind in his music and in the way mm-hmm. things move and just a a big fat acoustic on this bat like big drums mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Totally, yeah totally. really dig that track though as far as like Ooh. one of the the more the uh the singles on the record sugar dude Sugar is the psychedelic trip into the desert to me. This is deep in the acid trip to me. Yeah. Sugar is deep. Deep in the acid trip, <laughs> with that weird ass vocoder going down, dude. Yeah, I've uh, I've experienced Alex G on acid, and it's a it's a it's cool. <laughs> it's good. I feel like that's when you know though that this dude is just like really making the record he wants to make. And yeah, it's, it's the just, only way you can do it. And he has the support of the people that want to distribute it, and that's that's dope. But it just seems yep. like he has he has no agenda for writing hits mm-hmm. or something you know he's absolutely he's, he's writing his tunes but um mm-hmm. in my arms like you were saying i think that is like a nice fresh air yep but it still gets dark oh, you know it does get dark like it, it it's a sad dark just sort of depressing song you know this is another song that gives me the third eye blind feels that's another one that i have noted in my arms yeah absolutely i love the ending of it yeah, just the guitar, the ooze. Yeah, this is such a good song. This is definitely one of my favorites. 
And then he goes to Cow, also a pretty song. You know what I mean? Like, a really pretty song. Um, obviously, like, one of the more grounded, beautiful songs. Um, yeah, this is... This is, like, the tune I would say, yeah, I, I of course, understand why people think right. that he has Elliot Smith vibes. You know? Yeah, totally, totally, totally. But this is actually like one of the o- only ones. Yeah. You know, like I don't peg everything to be like this Elliot Smith thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is like one of those songs where I think you clearly can hear that influence or get those vibes out of this yeah, song. Totally. But it's also, I think when he throws those like those cowboy guitar tones in there, mm-hmm. you know, those Western vibes. Yeah. That's when the Alex G comes out, you know? Right. It's just like, no, right. this is this is a unique thing, you know? is the next song I think that has like a Beatles Crosby Stills and Nash vibe to it that's a good point I've never heard it like that but totally totally you know that was one that I really enjoyed for sure it's got like a pretty long progression sort of a a slow lull you know and when it yeah when it hits the chorusy moments Mm -hmm. And also, a lot of the backup vocals on this whole record are really masterfully done, I think. Oh, agreed. You uh, know, yeah, he, the he vo- uses... The vocals as a whole yeah, are just really good on this record. The use of backups as a texture and as like an instrument in a way that you might even use like a, a violin or a string section is um, really, really dynamic. Yeah, I mean... If you look at his other records, like this one is actually, you know, okay, if you if you take out like you know, say you take out Sugar, take out Bad Man and Bad Man, no, not even Bad Man. Project, you take out like the some of the, like the middle is where it gets a little experimental and I love it. But if you take those out, it's just a really gorgeous record. And Walk Away. Yeah. I think part of the reason that Walk Away, and I think this is why it's such a good opening track. If, if Walk Away was like, say that this record opened with Cow instead of Walk Away, say that those two were switched, you would think that this record is one thing, and then you get your, your lid flipped, you know, at, at track five. And uh, I think that he does a really, it's just one of his prettiest records. You know what I mean? That's the thing. It's like wild that it's so, it's simultaneously so experimental and so <laughs> pretty it is all these it's really so pretty. beautiful moments yeah this whole record's like really quite easy to listen to you know and then there's just like but walk away walk away does not give you anything to wrap your head around 
Yeah, no, absolutely. So that's great. Absolutely. And that's exactly what it is. It's like, cool, this has been established. You know, it's like, let's get this out of the way first. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is what this is where it's going to be, you know. And then he fucking ends this record with a live version of a song. Yeah, which is badass. Yeah. Sugar House, which I feel like this feels, this recording of the song feels like, hey, we're just tracking this show. There was never any intention of this making a record. Yeah. And maybe they tried to record this in the studio and it just never captured the feel and the vibe. I don't know what happens with this. What song. I what I read was that he just thought it was cool to like end it. Like he, he's like, I used to listen to records that would have like a live song on him, you know, at the end. So I just did that, you know. And he was like, yeah, he thought this would be a good one. I love this tune. Um, it, it, it reminds me, it reminds me of Bruce Springsteen. You know, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Dude. And I'm like not the biggest, the biggest fan of, of Mr. Bruce. I'm not, I'm not not a fan, but I'm not like, I'm not yeah. like I fucking love Bruce Springsteen. You know, same. Um, same. But like, yeah, th- th- this tune, and I, I love also. He's that saxophone. Yeah, the sax is killing. He's not like, he's got a great voice, but live, and I've seen him live a handful of times. He's not like hitting, he's not hitting all the notes. Right. It's not Ella Fitzgerald out here, but that makes it, that makes it even cooler that like this whole time he's singing, it feels like he's like reaching, you know? And I think that that's a really cool, like way to communicate a really important part of the spirit of him and that influences the whole way that you consume this record when you get to hear him live and you sort of pull back the veil of like all the studio glamour, you know? I, I love this song, yeah. man. It's so good. Good work, Alex. Yeah, this is a such a such a cool way to ride a record out. This is this is riding this is riding a record out mm-hmm. into the sunset. No doubt. This no is doubt. what that is. No, no <laughs> doubt. What do you? Um, wh- yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you picked this record because I um, had meant to listen to it and just never did. I just heard a couple singles here and there and enjoyed those. And and yeah, I'm a big, big fan of this. Um, I recommend you go do. You just go backwards, man. Rocket also great. Oh, Rocket! Rocket is so good. Dude. Okay. Yeah, Beach Music. Beach music might be, I don't know, I don't have favorites or dumb, you know, but I absolutely love beach music. I absolutely love that record. I adore that record. Bug is such a cool song. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of cool jams throughout the catalog. So if you're new to Alex G, um, in parentheses, Sandy. <laughs> yeah, if you just type in Alex G, you'll get like a teen pop star. Uh, you'll find it though. You'll know it's not the right person. <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad we dove into this, and I, this will definitely uh, probably send send me into a little bit of an Alex G hole. Yep. Um, you know, because you like that record, I'm gonna recommend a record that to uh, to people if they also enjoyed that. And this might be maybe something. That, that people wouldn't think is in the same realm, but there's a there's a Shaky Graves record called Can't Wake Up. Mm. And I feel like 
that I don't know if you're familiar with Shaky Graves at all. I know them. Um, not familiar with their music. You might too much. you might like be more in tune with like maybe one of their like their big well-known song, but the follow-up to um, that record is is this uh, Can't Wake Up record, and there's so much interesting moments on this record and just kind of has like a Beatles vibe to it and uh, yeah I'll send it to you it's a it's a record I'd like to do hopefully eventually cool. on this and uh, maybe it's off your radar yeah, it is and off other people's radars so definitely check out that that shaky Graves record um, and check out fucking high pulp on KXP son whoa hell yeah tomorrow which is Wednesday Big this moves. Out. Big moves. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, yeah. I'm stoked for you. That's a that's like a legendary program, I feel like, amongst music heads or people that just are always if you're if you're trying to find new music regularly, I feel like you probably know what KEXP is at this point. And I didn't know what it was until I moved up to Portland seven years Word. ago. And now it's become even more legendary to me because you know, KEXP is up there where you're at in Seattle, right. and they've they've. Uh, I feel like it's just even expanded. They too have in these yeah, last seven yeah. years of being the premier in studio performances are going down on the yeah. internet. They are the KEXP sessions. They've had so many huge mm-hmm. names, and they've had really cool indie artists as well. They moved locations and, uh, uh, two two years ago, I think. <clears throat> so they got a whole new live room, and all of that. So. So sick. Yeah, it, it 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 was fun, man. It looked cool and sounded fun and shit. I don't know, you know. We played our songs. That's Dope. what happened. We show, well, showed up, played our songs in the episode notes. Uh, thanks. Yeah, man. Thanks. Um, also, we're gonna reveal our uh, our picks, our records for volume five of this yes. thing. But I forgot. We're gonna do that. Kia, yeah, which that Kia yep, record? Yep, that Kia record for every girl. I. To, to whet the appetite of the listeners, I have never, huh, immediately going into hyperbole, um, I have, it has been a long time since I was just so grabbed by a record. This Kia record grabbed me in a way that like, I, I, I don't know, man, you know what I mean? Like, it's like the same way I was grabbed by Alex G and the same way I was grabbed by like Kendrick, you know what I mean? Like the same way that I was just grabbed and I was like, there's something new here. You know what I mean? There's something like alive here. Um, yeah, I haven't been grabbed. Like I was grabbed by that record. So I can't wait to hear what you think about it. Absolutely. I'm stoked to get into that. I checked out a few tracks already, but haven't done a deep dive on it and understand why you uh, are so into it and intrigued by it. She's so from Chicago, do that. I think, too. She is from Chicago. I looked. Um, uh, so we'll do that, and then we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do a Latin jazz yep, record yep. from Willie Bobo. Willie Bobo, man, uh, called "Dig My Feeling." And I'm very interested to hear your thoughts on that because you're the uh, resident yes. jazz head on this podcast. But Latin jazz and, is uh, is a thing that I'm, you know, I'm excited to listen to get deep on a Latin jazz record, which I haven't I haven't cool. even listened or we're gonna to get this into that. at all, you know. Um, so. Dope. 
I'm stoked. I'm like I said, I'm stoked to hear what you think because I honestly think um, some of the stuff maybe to me resembles some high pulp cool. feels. Uh, what 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 year is this from? Uh, so the Dig My Feeling record is actually a uh, a compilation, and so I'm not even mm. sure. Uh, some of the tunes came out in the '70s. I know that, I believe. So, have to do some research. Cool. But the yeah, the Dig My Feeling is a uh, is a compilation record, and uh, we'll get into it on uh, on Volume Five. But it's a it's a blind. It's kind of a blind uh, records record store buy. Like it oh, was kind cool. of cool. Uh, cool. yo, this looks dope, and I like the name of this record. And I like the way the look the look of this record, and I think I want to know what Willie Bobo is about. And uh, I was I was very <laughs> stoked to find uh, what I heard. So we'll get into it. What allows you to go? What allows you to go buy a, a random record store uh, record? You gotta have just some 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 feeling of craziness in you. Just wanting to go, just drop that twenty bucks. Would you how what's your what's your upper what's your upper level of uh how much you'd spend on a uh on a record at a record store if you were just going blind? Twenty. Twenty two? Twenty two. Yeah, I feel like twenty two could be be it, but like twenty <laughs> twenty would 23? be twenty-three. You know? But Yeah. I think mine's twenty two. Maybe twenty one, you know. I don't think I don't think I can do twenty three. Yeah. 23 is too close to 25. If, if I was and, like, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think exactly. I'm also like yeah. more willing to do a, a blind buy like that, probably on something, uh, <clears throat> instrumental, uh, jazz record. Yeah. You can really uh, swing and, you know, you can really swing and miss if you go blind on like, you know, some that that you're that yeah. you're not into. So yeah. that's that. What do you want to play it out with from the Alex G record? We could do, we could do "Walk Away," give them the give them two of the first four tracks, and then say, "Hey, have have at it for yourselves." Yeah, I mean that's that's cool. I mean, let's that's do a "Walk mic Away." Drop. Let's, that's a yeah. "Walk Away" mic drop. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Walk away. Cool. I'll put all the links in the episode notes. And uh, obviously, Bobby Womack is not with us anymore. So RIP to Bobby Womack. And thank you for uh, the tunes that you have gifted us. And uh, Alex G, come on the podcast, man. Come come hang out with us. And uh, yeah, looking forward to diving into more of the Alex G tunes. Um, Yeah, man. It's I Dig Records. Stay 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 clean and safe out there yeah um i was i was actually going through my records the other day i was uh yeah. i was just checking checking through some things and and i was thinking man i i really i really dig records and i was just wondering um i mean i know that you and i we we've dropped probably too much money together on records but i was just wondering on records uh do you if the reason i did that if the reason yeah, is the, do you is it because <laughs> you dig records you know what my cousin i dig records yeah as well hell yeah this is that's episode four this is uh this is alex g off of his 
House of Sugar record. Go pick it up. Go buy it. Go get yourself an Alex G record. This is Walk Away. Peace. Good shit. Fun as always, man. Ooh.